Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Friesen, and this is Artful Aging with Amy. We have all been made familiar of phone scams and other types of scams, but with the shift to online during COVID, more and more people have become targets with a sharp increase specifically in our seniors' population. As, senior, as seniors increase their time online, so does the amount of scams that people are getting involved with and so does just the general amount of scams out there um, that people have to be worried about. My guest today is Manuela Loyan, a senior financial analysis uh, analyst, sorry, and instructor with, with our friends over at Shady Pine Learning. If you remember from show 15, Michelle and I spoke about the platform and the courses they provide designed to assist seniors in their online learning adventure. And I'll also link to that episode in my show notes for you. Amongst the many courses that Shady Pines Learning provides, Manuel leads the courses on online safety and security. Welcome, Manuel. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Amy. Happy to be here. Well, Manuel, could you please tell us more about yourself and why you enjoy teaching online safety and specifically if there's any love of teaching it specifically to our senior population? Yeah, of course. So as, as you've mentioned, I am a senior financial analyst and I've worked in different financial institutions and manufacturing companies. And previous to that, I also worked in customer service at the call centers in one of the Canadian banks here. And what was interesting is we received a lot of calls from actual customers saying, you know, I received a call or I received an email or a text from, from you. Is this legitimate? And that's where that passion started with this whole cybersecurity piece and that whole piece of online safety. And from there, doing more research and looking it up and just following the news, so many companies being hit and affecting customers just may add it to that interest there. And then working with Shady Pines Learning, it allowed us to create something so we can share with those who are more elderly, younger, whoever is interested, just on good safety tips on how we can actually help everybody when it comes to avoiding being the target of such a scam. Wonderful. Yeah, it's 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 so tricky, I find. And especially, like I said, since COVID, you know, I mentioned at the top of the show that there's been an increase in scams targeting seniors during COVID when everyone is freshly familiarizing themselves with online programs. Everybody went to Zoom. Everybody started doing a lot more stuff online because that was the choice uh, during COVID. What have you been seeing coming uh, with scams lately? Well, there's always the SERP scams. If you remember with SERP, there'll be messages. So they click this link so you can get your SERP one. But they've also become more sophisticated and they've become really timely. When Ontario eliminated the fee for the sticker, you still have to register, but there's no fee anymore. There's still automatically the next day or a few days after I'm getting emails and messages from friends and family saying, I just received this. I know you do this course. Please share it saying you need to click this link so and so to um, to get your sticker. Now, there's other ones that, that I mentioned have become more sophisticated, and I've seen one actually this week on LinkedIn, which is very timely for, for this podcast. It was an ad that one of these large tech companies, very familiar to everybody, I don't want to name them just so they don't have any uh, issues on their end, saying that they created this trading platform 
that if you only put $250 in it, it will automatically buy and sell and you'll make a ton of money that way. And it looks incredibly legitimate as it's on LinkedIn. And when you look at the link, it'll say a reputable website like Washington Post. The link, it brings you to a website that looks like the Washington Post as an example, or New York Times, whichever one they want to use. And it's an article. And the article looks incredible with an author, all the details of it, how it works. The journalist has tried it. And it even has a comment section where people are commenting, saying, I've done this and it's fantastic. Or, you know, it wasn't for me, but I can see why people might be interested. And when you start looking deeper, you see the website is not even this, the Washington Post. So the basic practice of using certain processes, checking the website, checking where it originated from, is it from that company's website? Like, is it Apple, Amazon, Facebook, let's say LinkedIn page sending you this, or is it somebody else? That's what I wanted to mention is that they're becoming more sophisticated. We all get the CRA calls or police calls that we're going to be arrested if we don't do this and this, trying to scare us with uh, buying and uh, buying gift cards and sending them wherever. But this one was so sophisticated. It even had a login page. And then you can, it brings you to another website where you could transfer money. I stopped at that point because I didn't want to go too deep. I don't, I didn't want anything on, on, on my computer or, or, or be harmed on my end, but they're becoming more and more sophisticated and they're targeting people knowing how current events are happening. So it was a, it was a really interesting one to see how sophisticated they have become. They do get so sophisticated and it, you know, no wonder people don't know what to look for. Right. And like, even you went down the bunny hole trying to figure it out and it was tough. And so, um, I, there's another scam that a lot of seniors talk about, which is called the grandparent scam. I think it is. Can you yes. talk to us a little bit about that? Just so people are familiar. Yes. So. It, it comes in different forms, but I'll give an example through email. So you receive an email from, Sometimes it's even the, the email of your grandchild that you may even recognize because somebody hacked into their email. And they'll say, you know, I'm traveling wherever I am, let's say Florida, and I'm stuck. Can you please send me money so I can come back home safely? Now, when you look at the email, you're going, wow, this is a, the email that I'm used to communicating with my grandchild, assuming phone calls sometimes don't, don't kick in. And you see that. So you start panicking, you start worrying. So they target your emotions and they make it so urgent that they want you to send money right away, whatever, however it is, whether it's a wire transfer. Again, gift cards are always a, a red flag, but sometimes they're so sophisticated, they'll even say, send it to me a certain way so then I could come back home safely. And usually they'll try to aim for the flight home. Sometimes they'll say, you know, I'm stuck for a few days. I need hotel lodging and, and the flight home. So there's different aspects of it, but they try to target your emotions. And, and one suggestion I always make is if they have a phone number, call them. They might not be traveling. Like Again, this is where common sense comes in. And not to say that people don't have common sense. It's more saying, take a deep breath and start asking yourself certain questions. Is my grandchild traveling? Yes or no? If I don't know the answer to that, can I call my child or their parents and, and find out? If yes, great. 
Can I message them in a different way? Maybe social media, maybe uh, a text message, maybe call them. A lot of people, when they travel, they do have their cell phones activated for, for roaming. And trying to reach out to them in different ways to confirm the story. Yeah, and once the story is confirmed, then you could act accordingly. Well, and I think that, like you said, it's because it's so emotional that they just want to fix it, right? Like a lot of people just want to fix it right away. But you're right. If you just take a second and take a deep breath and, and see if you can figure it out a different way, um, it's just, it's, it's so difficult, right? It's so difficult. And especially if people, you know, there's a lot of seniors that have been online that have come online during COVID that have not been online before. And so they've never even seen these types of scams before. And yes. so they aren't even maybe aware that scams exist or a phone, like they don't, don't equate it to online. And so they just assume that, you know, it's X, Y, and Z. Right. And so I think it's just, you know, part of what the show that we do is just letting people know, Hey, there's support there. You know, let's, you know, talk about it with somebody we'll figure it out together and that's you know kind of what you're doing with shady pines learning so you know what is the objective of your course when you're teaching it um to seniors specifically and what approach do you take when you're leading your course it's really to give them the tools give them the tools to know what to look for to to take that deep breath and almost have a checklist of what to do and and that checklist is actually quite useful, even for myself. I, I use it oftentimes. And I wanted to give another example before I go a little bit more deeper is, is as you said, more seniors are going online. Well, there's also more websites and more advertisements on TV for online dating, targeting seniors for online dating, finding somebody in their own age group. And usually a good a good aspect or a good way to know if it's a scam or not, like you, like you mentioned, there's that emotional piece, but do they want money? As in, it's always there's always money coming coming into the picture. And so to go back to 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 your question, so the the method I, I like to usually take is start at the high level, provide the tools, provide what we're gonna go through and why we are doing it, and then go as through as many examples as we can and also let them share their examples because a lot of seniors, even though, yes, they are targeted, uh, I would even argue they have more common sense than the younger generation with some of the scams that I have seen. And they know to ask these questions. And, and it's one of those, don't be afraid to share. Be proud. Be proud that you caught that scam or even if you were a victim of a scam. Be proud in the sense it happened, you are okay, and now you can share it with others to ensure it doesn't happen to them. So that's the approach I like to take. Start with that toolkit. Like we've mentioned already, are they asking for money? Is it an emotional plea? Is the website legitimate? If it's an email, does the email make sense? So usually if you get an email, let's say from Amazon, it'll say dot Amazon amazon.com as, as an example just to keep it very high level if it says amazon.com.xjlx then you already know it doesn't look like a legitimate uh, email address so it's knowing what to look for another good gift another good tell and again we discussed this and we go through all these examples is they don't use your name in the email they'll say hi there or hi whoever and, and well, if the person's writing you an email, they usually know your name. They usually know who you are. And that is also another good, helpful tool. 
using that common sense going, why is this person reaching out to me? Do I have business with that person? If you bought something from Amazon, as an example, or Apple or Best Buy or IGA for, for those in, in Quebec or even Walmart, then there's a reason for them to email you and you might be on their newsletter. But if you never signed up for them, then that's a little bit strange, especially if there's a link to click. For sure. I've even had, you know, recently it's happened now. Now the scams happened about three times to me where as a business owner, I get an email that says, hey, like you need, you're using pictures on your website that are mine and like you need to cease and desist and you owe me this money. And I was like, the first time I got it, I was like panicked for a second. And then I was like, OK, wait a minute. Like I purchased all the pictures on my site. <laughs> so it's like you have to like go through each part, like each part of it and be like, okay, like that's, you know, you can, you have to figure it out, but sometimes they're not like that wasn't necessarily easy, but it was easier than some of the yes. other ones. And what I was going to ask you is, you know, how do you keep up with all the scams? How do you, how do we know what's new out there? And I think, you know, I'll, I'll lean it to you in just a second, but I think more so it might not be about keeping up with the new scams and what's out there to tell people, Hey, this, 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 and this scams out there. It's more so the like anything you look at right anything on like online or any links and things like that are they looking at you know the emotional and all the stuff that you had mentioned would you say that that would be a better way to kind of keep up with them usually it's using those different tools and that common sense to keep up people talking about it if you talk about it with your friends and family they can share with you what they've received sometimes i look out i go and try to search for it myself and see what other people are sharing whether it's online or i ask individuals as well so yes it is very hard to, to keep up because they change constantly and one targeting a senior may not necessarily look the same way somebody targeting somebody who's 25 nor somebody who's targeting a company they all look very different but they have those same issues like you mentioned. I received one at the office before saying our CEO, again, the traveling one, our CEO is traveling and is stuck and needs you to send $4,000 to, to help them. And they're trying to get somebody who has access to the book so they could and the bank accounts to send that kind of money. But again, is our CEO traveling? I see her online. She's not traveling. Um, it's Why like, I is just saw scene... her five minutes ago. Where did she go? <laughs> Where did she go? I just saw her at the, in the lunchroom. <laughs> or, or why is she reaching out to me? I don't have any money. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have money. They have. They have access to the whole email list. And, and the thing is, and, and I share this example too because they always adapt and, and they try to change. But again, it's using that common sense again, going, why? Asking those whys. Why am I being asked this? Is there a reason? Mm -hmm. Do I have the power to help this person? Is it emotional? And, go, and going through that end. I hope I've answered your question because sometimes they're, they're a little bit on the long run and I'm not sure if I'm covering everything you're asking. You, so yeah, if you I missed the part, don't, don't hesitate to... to <laughs> So push me a little and I'll make sure to answer it. No, you did. I think that's the point. I think it's just a matter of just asking, like taking a breath and asking why you're being asked for X, right? As opposed to trying to keep up with the new scams and, and having a name to put to the scams, like I said, with the grandparent scam and things like that. But I think it's also important to note when you just said that about your COO is that, you know, scams happen to everyone. It's not just seniors. Yes, we're talking about seniors in this show specifically, but 
they happen to all of us, right? And I think it's just good to kind of air that out and say, you know, you're not alone. It's, it's you know, it's happening all across the board, any age, any gender, what, you know, whatever, right? And it's, you know, happening to all of us. So one of the things I always encourage people, um, and that's, and our, our slogan is supports only a conversation away, right? It's like, have a conversation yes. with someone, talk to someone and ask them what they think that, that one that I had, I went up to my husband, I'm like, read this and tell me what you think, right? Just have another opinion exactly. on it. Cause I, exactly. cause equally so with the scams, like for the one I was talking about with like using somebody's, um, pictures inappropriately or whatever, I don't. I don't want to use people's stuff inappropriately. So that's why it was a concern, right? Because I, I wouldn't want to do that. And so that's why they had me considering it. But I think, like you said, just ask why and open up the conversation. And let's not, you know, sometimes people put shame around things. And that's why they don't yes. talk about it, right? It's a very popular technique today to use shame yeah. to try to get something. But I wanted to share some statistics, if it's okay, yes, just to please. show how this is becoming a big business for these scammers. And you'll notice, like, even Costco was hit at one point with their credit card company in the past. So I have here a statistic here. It's from the Internet Crime Complaint Center. And they track the number of complaints that people will call and, and share. And they went from receiving in 2016, about 300,000 complaints to over 800,000 in 2020. And the losses, and again, these are reported losses. A lot of people may not want to report their losses because of that shame that, that you're talking about. It's now around $4.2 billion, according to them. And a lot of it has been increasing because of e-commerce. And, and again, doesn't mean you shouldn't use e-commerce. It's use trusted websites to avoid that. And a lot of merchants are also very worried about the, this type of scam. But think about this, $4.2 billion that, that, they could, that they're making by scamming individuals. And, and they change, like I said, they change with different places. So an example is they'll target, let's say, a small hospital or a small like, a city uh, system and they'll hold it hostage and say, okay, if you give us the ransom of $2 million, we'll free everything up. And people have paid the ransom and they have actually freed it up. But it's also created a business of cybersecurity to increase significantly. Another interesting piece is those targeted. So like you've mentioned, those who are, let's say, over 50 or over 60, the increase was about 200% per per year on average in terms of the number, the dollars in losses. But what's very interesting is those under 20, it's 750% uh, increase. And they're targeting younger and younger people because there's, there's, there's money there, but also the techniques have changed with social media. And what may be interesting also for, for those listening, somebody from my generation who was around before the internet existed, and then now that the internet is around, we were raised, don't go in a car with a stranger. Don't trust everything you read online. There's already that, that education of be worrisome because this is new. It's strange. You're talking to a stranger online where somebody who might have the internet their whole life goes in an Uber with a complete stranger to, instead of a, of a taxi, which, which is licensed because that option is there. Or they'll do things through social media and online 
And it, it's interesting. Before we're told, don't go in a car with a stranger. And now it's, please go in a car with a stranger. It will be cheaper than a taxi. <laughs> so that's where so many things have changed. Don't, yeah. don't sleep at, at a stranger's home. Now you have couch surfing and, and Airbnbs. Now, there are regulations, of course, to, to make these things a little bit more safe. But that mindset has been very different. And for your audience with the older individuals, they're also like me in a sense. They've been around when the internet hasn't been around. And there is, I would argue, based on some of the individuals I, I've taught, they already have that spirit of critique, as I will, I will call it, where they will question, they will challenge. And don't be afraid to use that. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be mean about it and be insulting. It's more, you get that email. Okay, why did you get it? Let's look, let's let's look at, at those things to make sure if it's really intended for me from somebody I know or not. Mm-hmm. Where that new generation doesn't have that and, and they're starting to be more and more targeted as well. For sure. Um, just to go back, just briefly, uh, with the the shame sometimes that's around it. I also find that, you know, a lot of our senior population are independent. And I, I said again, in one of my other shows, you know, you're, you're deemed independent until you get to a certain level. And then you have to prove that you're independent past that age group kind of thing. And so there's a lot of seniors online that are independent, but they may get scammed and there may be shame around it because they don't want to seem like they're not independent when really that's a different thing right like it's not you know someone's not going to take your computer away or take whatever right but it's about you know let's talk about it as a community so we know that it's happening so that we can fix it if we need to or whatnot and not be you know shamed in the fact that oh well x y and z is going to happen if i talk about this scam that i might have got involved with or whatnot and i find that a lot because a lot of seniors are proving that they're independent because people you know you get to a certain age where you know there's falls and there's different things that are happening with seniors in our community and and their health um their health challenges and things like that and so a lot more people are proving it and this is one of those things that people don't talk about because they don't want it to impact their independence or other things that come from that and so it's important to open that conversation and then with that you know if there's caregivers in our audience that you know think that something might be going on if they have a suspicion that their loved one has been targeted or scammed or harassed of some sort is there anything that we can give them advice that they could do yeah so i'll I'll start with first by saying they shouldn't be ashamed and think about it this way to give an example if costco could be scammed if the big banks whether it's canada or internationally can be scammed and they have some of the brightest people working there there's no reason to be ashamed. It, it happens to everybody at some point, and there's no need to be ashamed. I, I can give you an example as well. I remember working at a head office at, at one of the big banks in, in Canada, and somebody sent a private banker at the time uh, that they're traveling in Hong Kong and they need millions of dollars urgently for whatever reason. And the person sent the money. They, they ended up sending millions of dollars thinking that, that their customer was in trouble and they needed it for whatever it was, or maybe it was a business deal. I don't remember the exact details. And that individual is a very bright individual. <laughs> so there's there's no need to, to be ashamed uh, on that. And it happens to everybody at some point. Now, for your second question, what can they do? So there's different things that they can do depending on 
what the scam is. So for example, if it involves identity theft or internet fraud, they'll usually say to contact local police. And the local police does have a non-emergency line. So you're not calling 911. You're, you're calling your local police's usually non-emergency line, but they might have other lines for scams if it's set up there. Uh, sometimes you can also contact the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Uh, you can also contact your if it's, let's say, a bank-related one, contact your bank. So then they know to put a note on your file. And anybody that calls, they can say, you know what? We will not do any phone banking. And they could deactivate your online banking and everything has to be at the branch temporarily. So there's different ways of dealing with that. Uh, if it's tax fraud or you're questioning a charity, then usually the CRA is, is somebody to involve and, and to speak with. Uh, if it's consumer fraud or a fraudulent business activity, so a fake business, then there's the Better Business Bureau, but also the local police. Um, again, credit cards. If it's a credit card situation, your bank, because they, they have a center where they will investigate. Uh, usually a good starting point, your local police. They might be aware of it or they might guide you in the right place. And also let your family know if, if it's, Share your experience, but if it's something like your email was hacked or your Facebook or social media was hacked where they're sending individuals messages, let them know this is what happened and work with those companies to try to or change your password and, and all the things that you need to do to, to protect it. I've so yes, local police is a good starting point. I've definitely had um, credit card scams before, and it's like a little terrifying. But the credit card companies have been very good to deal with it because I think it happens way more than they want it to happen. Um, and so it, it it's one of those things that it's like you see it every once in a while, but just kind of you know keep your eyes open for it. And um, I I also recently got. Facebook hacked and I, that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare to get my own account back. The hacker had way more control over my own account than I knew how to control. <laughs> so it took like a month <laughs> to get it back. And so it's a thing, it's all of us, all of us are dealing with it and it's uh, it's a bit of a nightmare, so. Um, what did they do with your Facebook account? Sorry for jumping in, just so, so our, the audience can see, yeah. what did these hackers sometimes try to do? So it was on my, so I, my business uh, Facebook is hooked to my personal as anything. And what they tried to do, I believe, is they tried to do something with the ads, like the the credit card that was hooked to my Facebook ads, and they got do they did something. I don't know what it was, and I ended up getting locked out. And then I didn't even realize down the road after we got it fixed. Like three months later, we were looking to do something, and I was still locked out of a portion of it without even realizing it. So it's been months to try to fix and you have to give them like a copy of your license and like all the identification and things like that. Um, but it's tricky. It's really tricky. It's super time consuming. And so, you know, also, you know, protect your passwords and different things like that and, and, yes. and you know, make sure that they're secure enough um, so that, you know, anything you can do to safeguard, because let me tell you, on the other side of it, it's not worth the, uh, the aggravation. Figure out a, a better password, figure out a better way to do stuff, right? Well, thank you so much again for joining us today. I hope that everybody has found this very helpful. I definitely have. And um, we'll put the link to Michelle's show, which is uh, episode 15, uh, in our show notes. So if anybody wants to check out more information about Shady Pines and it's there, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. 
And that's all for today. If you found value in today's show, please like and share with your networks. Get this information out. There are definitely seniors in your realm that have come across this type of scams and they might not be talking about it. And it's again, it's not just seniors. It's all of us. We're all dealing with it. and We all need to talk about it. So uh, make sure you get this information out to them. Thanks for joining me on Artful Aging with Amy. And from me to all of you, I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday.